Welcome to It's a Good Life, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. We're excited to continue where we left off last episode. You'll discover the traps and behaviors that undermine leadership. You'll also hear Brian share the secret sauce for how Buffini and Company recruits top talent year after year. Here's behaviors that undermine leadership. You ready? You ready to go fast? Sam, ready? Here are things that undermine leadership, being disorganized. It's hard to follow a disorganized person, but I know where everything's at. That don't count. Being disorganized erodes a little bit of trust. Next, allowing the squeaky wheels to dominate the environment. Squeaky wheels dominate the environment. And then shoddy facilities and support staff. I know I'm a painter who's a refiner in his profile, but just don't let the place look like crap. I did a speaking engagement one time with Gordon Bethune. Gordon Bethune saved Continental Airlines. And on his way to the speech as the CEO, when they were naming him CEO, he was on a plane with Continental Airlines, and it had a coffee stain on the carpet, and his tray table was broken. And he stood up, and he said, everybody wants to talk about a return on investment, and how do I save the shares, the shareholders? He says, let me tell you, when there's stains on the carpet and the tray tables don't work, they think our engines are broken and their luggage is lost. So I know it's been hard to hire people. And I know some people look at them, gonna answer the phones, return a call. So last year, better to have nobody. Better figure it out digitally. Do whatever, but don't let anything be shoddy. Ken Blanchard said, profits are the applause you get for taking care of your people. We're going to take care of our people. Here's behaviors that demonstrate that you care. Would you like to know them? Take time to pop by and check in with your team members. Now, I'm going to tell you, for me, this has been the single hardest thing about COVID is not just the decline in the society, but on a personal level, I really miss knowing all my staff. You know, we had about 60, 70 people at Mastermind. It was their first ever Mastermind. That's inconceivable to me, but it hadn't happened in three years. And we have some people working from home and doing this stuff and whatever else. And, you know, for me, I like to know how somebody's kids are doing. I like to know. I don't need to know the whole story, but I like to know who and not just the what. Does that make sense? Now, it's harder with 250 people. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about where it goes too far with a small team, because I will tell you, it was hard to keep the boundaries with a small team. It's where I knew too much. Does that make sense? But take time to pop by. Just check in. How are you doing? Be consistent with your policy application. Don't have one deal for one person and another deal for another. Uh, This is one of the things that happened in the brokerage business. And brokerages, one of the dynamics that no one's ever talked about in any real estate conference in history is that brokers made deals with different agents. And when people had different deals with different agents, they lost trust of the companies. And when other opportunities came along, and there were economic forces at work, but a lot of people left brokerages they probably would have stayed a bit longer at because there were different. How many of you saw different deals for different people? Could I see your hands? And it erodes trust. Now, if it's an earned, if it's a meritocracy, different deals for different people, then it's not a different deal. Everybody's got that chance. Does that make sense? Okay, Margaret, she's on a... 15 or 20% split with the team because Margaret makes 100 sales a year. And I want you to get there. But you, you're paying 45. You got to get past 20. Is that fair? That's meritocracy. Last, provide an outlet for your associates to be heard. I'm going to share with you the magic meeting today. 
Simon Sinek said, leadership is not about being in charge. Leadership is about taking care of those in your charge. And you can do that without being a counselor or without propping them up, okay? And again, uh, I saw the one lady share with Pat that she had someone who wasn't working out. She'd find a team member for them to go. She helped her out. And then the person badmouthed her. He said the true answer. Sometimes you got to suffer. But you get to go to sleep at night knowing you do the right thing. The thing is, you can't be worried about that. It happens and it hurts, but it happens. I, I could tell you stories that would literally curl your toes of things I've done for people and how that all turned out. But you just have to be true to yourself. I'm comfortable doing it, and knowing what I know now, I'd still do it. Does that make sense? You have to be in that spot. So, behaviors that communicate you don't care, ignoring work-life challenges of agents and staff, okay? My fabulous assistant, her husband, uh, he's got two years left, genuine hero. And everybody talks about Jocko Wilnick and all these guys and whatever else. This dude was a corpsman in the Navy who did eight tours in Iraq and saw people die in his arms all the time. And they don't make movies about this guy, and he doesn't have a podcast. He's just a real freaking American hero. And he's got two years left, and so the military does what the military does, and they send his ass to the middle of nowhere. You remember in, in Maverick? How many of you have seen Maverick? Okay. Do you remember where they were out testing the one plane? It's a place called Clear Lake. There's not a grocery store. There's no schools. There's no nothing. That's where they sent him. And so my assistant, who has two young kids, five-year-old and a one-year-old, her husband, who served this country faithfully, is stuck up in Clear Lake. It's about, I don't know, seven-hour drive. So eventually, she's working like a single mom right now. Do you think that's had some kind of impact on our work relationship? Do you think she ever feels guilty that she might be letting me down and letting everyone down and letting her family down? You have to know that. So here's the deal. I go, JP, here's what we're going to do. You tell me the times that work for you, and we're going to skin and hair is going to fly, and then you don't worry about the rest of it. And what's wild is we've almost been more productive in less hours. She loves the fact that I'm there for her, and she also is, okay, I got the babysitter here, skin and hair flies now. You notice I use that phrase a lot? That's how I like to work. Avoiding conflict resolution. Pat Lancioni said it better than I'm ever going to say it. Winning teams have conflict. My wife, like I said, I fell in love with that gal. She, her not so much with me. And I unleashed the working by referral system. Calls, notes, and Popeyes. Still doing it. Flowers arrived yesterday while I was here. Here's the deal. I don't ever want her to know she's been sold. <laughs> I would go, and you do this when your love is a man, I would go to her practices on the Olympic team. And it was at the Federal Building, downtown San Diego. And there was the women's team, and there was the men's team. And on the women's team, there was politics and cattiness, and the coach was kind of a manipulative guy, and it was really dysfunctional. And at their practices, it was like everything was a high five, and yay, go girls, yay, go girls, yay, go girls. And over here was Karch Karai, who I did an interview with on the podcast. And the practices over here looked something like something out of Gladiator. They were after each other. They were grinding on each other. They were after it all the time. These guys won three gold medals. These guys finished seventh. The warm, fuzzy, non-conflicted club finished seventh. And you know what happens every time we go to a party? Now, you know how hard it is to make an Olympic team? 400,000 girls 
play high school volleyball. 12 make it to the Olympic team. My wife was one of those 12. For four years where they're bringing in people every week to take your place. We go to a party and people go, oh, you were on the Olympic team? Did you win a medal? Oh, that's too bad. Everywhere we go, she gets that. They don't ask that at the Karch Karai team. And those guys are thicker than thieves, by the way. They're still connecting and hanging out together. My son Alex is a volleyball coach today. And these guys actually live in our area. And three or four of them are still coaching volleyball at the same club. I go home to Ireland. I go see the guys I won a national championship with. So again, we've talked and we gave you the book, How to Do the Conflict Respectfully in a way that builds up the person, where you go through the idea and not tear down the person. But if, if you have a, an organization or a company, and you go into a meeting, and I've been in these meetings of a feeding company, where all good ideas go to die before the meeting starts, you got a problem. Ignoring work-life challenges, conflict resolution, how you handle a team member when leaving. So where's the gal who was hurt by the person who left? The rest of your team saw it all. And they're watching you now. So you secured your team by your care. And now you're going to secure your team even more by how you handle it going forward. Still, do not say a bad word. And if you did, don't say another bad word. <laughs> you follow me? That's okay. You're human. Okay? Not all of us have a dog we can scream at. Okay? So the point is, you are winning your team by how you... You know why? I don't plan on leaving, but that's how she'd take care of me if I left. I never going anywhere. Going broke realty has been trying to recruit me with a better split. <laughs> Rarely do I share a quote twice in an event. So when I do, there's a reason for it. Train people well enough so they can leave. Treat them well enough so they don't want to. Train them. It says train people well enough so they can leave. Well enough. You know all this stuff? that we've included for you as a mentor to be able to facilitate this stuff? Train them. Are they what level? Are they starting out? Do they need the essentials? Do they need the advanced? Is that stuff pretty good? Can you take someone on a career path on your team from zero to 500 grand in three training programs that you get to facilitate as a mentor inside your team leader coaching program? Train them so well that they can leave, but treat them so good that they won't. Now, I'm going to bring you inside Buffini Company for two things. i got 17 minutes to say the world. Can you go hard and fast? Here it is. This is called a magic meeting. This was utilized in 2013, where post-recession. So I'm a great wartime CEO. I'm like Patton. When the bombs and bullets are flying, I'm great. As soon as things are calm, I need to get the hell out of there. And they want me the hell out of there, because I'm looking to go fight the next war. And that's why I love this new recession that's coming, because it's a war to fight. I'm back! But Dermot, I handed him a stable company where we needed to get back to being great. And he went and one by one went to every, all 14 departments with what we call the magic meeting. Oh, by the way, how many of you have done one of Dermot's lunch and learns? Can I see your hands? Nice and high. Because we go in and we ask our clients their opinions. This is the magic meeting and it will change everything for you. Now listen to me. The words I'm going to give you are exact. This is not a, a dialogue that you can fool around with. If you don't do it this way, I've seen people go, oh, I heard what you said, and they go and ask a different question, and they go, that meeting was a crap fest. Well, tell me what you said. Oh, well, you asked for crap. You got crap. So I'm going to give you something that's exact. This works. I can't tell you anything else works. It's in this order with these words. First, what's working well? 
You're going to have a flip chart and a marker pen. If you want to have, if you have a big team, you'll have someone else on the team, write them down. I don't care what the hell the answers are in the room. You tell them we're doing this meeting. You tell them the three subjects you're going to cover. And this is what you do. We did this to turn around Buffini and Company. This, and by the way, for the next iteration of Buffco, guess what Dermo is going to be doing? Little tour of the building. What's working well? So, and you write out, why? Because you're building upon something. Now, I'm talking to you about the changes I'm going to make to Buffco. Buffco right now is having the best, single best year of its life in 27 years. Our processes have never been better. We've never hired talent like this before. We're in the best shape of our freaking life running into a different market. And that's where we're going to make the changes, just like you are. So we're going to start with Buffco, like I'm going to start with you, what's working well. And you fill up that flip chart with everything that's working well, and you write it all down. Because you need to know, you know what? We've got a lot going on here. Is that a good thing, yes or no? Because you're building on that foundation. It must start with what's working well. Covey said it this way, it takes humility to seek feedback. It takes wisdom to understand it, analyze it, and appropriately act on it. What's working well? Second most important question, in this order with these words, what needs improvement? Not what sucks, what are your bitches and moanings? What's your personal burr under your saddle? What needs improvement? It's all going to hell. No, you need to go to hell. <laughs> what needs improvement? And I won't heed, when somebody gives me feedback on what needs improvement, if they don't have an answer for the third one, which is going to be what your idea is, if they don't have ideas, I discount their opinion. Did you guys hear what I just said? I will not consider their opinion. Even though now they feel haired, but I want to know what people think. If they don't have an idea of, okay, this needs improvement, and I haven't put any thought into it, they're just a complainer, they're just a whiner, they're not a winner. Do you understand that, yes or no? And I know this is big boys and big girls stuff, but here's the thing. I ran a real estate team that had seven people. Buffini and Company at its most employees had 425. It was a hell of a lot harder to run a team with seven people than 425. What you do is hard. You don't really have rooms for mistakes. You got a team of six or let's say you have a team of five and you got one bad apple. That means 20% of your team is rotten. You're in trouble. Yes or no? Elon Musk said, I think it's very important to have a feedback loop where you're constantly thinking about what you've done and how you could be doing it better. Here's the third question. What are your ideas? And you write them all down. And some people have goofy ideas. And some people have great ideas. And I can tell you this, every time I've done one of these meetings, it has been an act of humility to come face to face with something that used to be a core competence of mine or anywhere else and to see that the people who are working there have no concept of it or we're missing it. Or have you ever thought about this? And it's enlightening. It's fabulous. And you have to have the humility to go, oh my gosh, really? Are you telling me we don't do that anymore? No. Really? How did that happen? And it's just life. It's just life. It's going to happen. You're going to, what they're called is blinding flashes of the obvious. And you're going to get some blinding flashes of the obvious. And then you're also going to get some innovation. You're going to get some innovation. Okay? You know... I'm not on the phone calling up and following up on leads at Buffini and Company. So when I hear from the sales manager of Buffini and Company, he says, here's what we're hearing on the ground. Really? You also want to know how I find out what the heck to talk about? 
I go to the people who are face-to-face and voice-to-voice and belly-to-belly with our customers. Here's their biggest problems. Here's their challenges what they're struggling with. Brian, it's clairvoyant. No, I ask. And the bigger your team is, the more removed from the market you get. Does that make sense? John Michael said, if you lead a team, start asking questions and really listening. Start valuing the contributions of your teammates ahead of your own. And remember that when the best idea wins, so does the entire team. I did a podcast on it called The Magic Meeting. I recommend you listen to it. Episode 66. Okay, next, how Buffini and Company recruits. You want to know? Okay, eight of you. I'll go very short then. Here's how we recruit the people you seem to really like. Here's how we recruited you. And we also do the same thing because we kind of want staffing. We want people with different skills than you inside the company, but we want people of the same heart. Does that make sense? I'm going to show you how we recruit staff, and then I'm going to show you how we recruit clients. I'll show you some of the stuff in here. And one of the things we'll have is our history. So we'll share our story. Um, How many of you enjoyed hearing Dermot's story yesterday? How many of you learned something about Dermot you didn't know? How many of you had helped you hear his information in a different light? Thank you. Because he argued with me repeatedly about not telling the story. People don't want to hear that. Why? Why? Because none of us, none of us think our story is that important. None of us think our story is that important. Your story is critical. Your personal story and your staff story. Okay? Joanne, you want to tell your story? Well, not really. Not because of where you are today, but it's kind of, I have to go back and tell them where I was. Single mom, two kids, quarter million dollars in credit card debt. I got to tell that story again. Brian, have you guys ever heard me tell the story of getting run over by a car? Do you think it's because I really freaking like telling that? No. It's so people understand the context of where the, it's coming from. And oh, by the way, that guy's done pretty well and he started there. Maybe I can too. Is that fair? So tell your story and tell your team's story. So our history. Next, our culture. We tell our story and we do it the best we can. And there's this fabulous orientation that's done and we meet with people and connect with people. Then our mission and core values. Okay? Live what we teach, practice servant leadership, excellence of minimum standard. And you see where there's sub points underneath them? That's how they go about it. Now, guess what? You don't have to break yourself. There's a whole much more in here. And so what I want you to do is you, we got a resource for you. We're going to give it to you. So go to TLC Resources on BuffiniCompany.com. Okay? So that's for you. That's how we do it. I'm giving you everything I have. Okay? Here's how we do it. Maybe it'll be a nice guide for you to go and do one of these yourself. How Buffini and Company recruits. The heritage profile. Has that helped you in your business and life? Yes or no? And now the real strengths. And so we've called this the secret sauce for years. So I'm going to show you right now the eight membership strengths that are for people who prosper and stay. So our core was finding and keeping. We want to find people, and then we want to keep them. By the way, that's not everybody's philosophy. There's huge coaching companies out there that their average client stays with them right around six months. That's typical. We're not happy until someone's with us a decade. So membership strengths. We want these are the right kind of people. Relational, freedom abilities, learn, competitor, structure, impress, discern, and growth. Now, is that in your workbook, right? Now, what you're going to do is I'm going to show you a little example. I'm going to show you words and then images. And Kevin and his team, for years, they would influence the marketing and the stage presentations and everything else with these images. We just call it the secret sauce because we want to attract people we want to keep. Okay? So you're going to circle the phrases. So this would be like a, a marketing statement. You and your coach together are going to co-create a blueprint for success. 
So you and your coach together are going to co-create a blueprint for your success. Now, watch how that language makes the profile come to life. So, Case, okay, so we'll just go quick through this. Show them what it looks like. So, you and your coach together, that's relational. Success, that's the growth competitor family. Co-create, relational again. Blueprint gets all the structure people on the bus. Can you guys see how words have power to them, yes or no? These are the words we use, and we also use images. Terry King used to have, she was sick of the sight of it, where everything looked like a blueprint in much of our marketing for years because it was very important for all the structure people. Team dialogue, okay, here it is. You and your coach together, it's relational, are going to become more in tune with the needs of your clients. So this is how we reach you, and this is how we'll be reaching our future team leaders. So that your marketing is guaranteed to get a response while simultaneously meet your clients' needs. So let's show you the secret sauce. This is how we go about recruiting you and future team leaders. So you and your coach together. So relational and coach for a team leader is great because you're not by yourself. More in tune with the needs of your client. That's the discern family of attributes. Get a response. We find that most team leaders are higher on the impress edge. They like a little showmanship. They like to be number one. They like to be the best. Kind of like that. So we use words and images to go and attract people who are going to be successful. Now, by the way, this is fully authentic marketing and promotion because we want to find people who are naturally going to succeed as opposed to somebody giving us a credit card number. If that makes sense, say aye. How many of you need a good team member as opposed to a warm butt in a cold seat? So this is how you do it. Team coaching dialogue. You and your coach together are going to make sure that they stay true to yourself while achieving at the highest levels possible. So let me show you where that's all from. Here's your coach together. Relational. Have you noticed the relational gets pounded pretty heavy? In working by referral, 94% of working by referral agents that are good have a relational attribute. That means there's exceptions to the rule. But relationship is kind of a big deal in a working by relationship process. Are you going to make sure that you stay true to yourself? You know what that is? That's all the free spirits. Got any free spirits here? Anybody so free-spirited they don't want to raise their freaking hand? Kevin Buffini, first look, 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 I got him, I got him. He can't help it. He's like, yeah. Do you think Pat Lencioni might have a little free spirit? You guys were all profiling this morning, weren't you? You were having fun with it. It's a sickness. While achieving at the highest levels possible, that's a growth and competitor, and discern is in the possible. Now, this is, again, I've got a team of experts who are brilliant people. And the learned competitor is in there as well. These words are powerful. These words are useful. If people are not turned on by those words, and you can actually do this, you can hand that out in a team meeting and ask them to highlight the words that are most meaningful to them. And they'll, mm. And then you'll know how to coach them up. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.